What's going on, Julia? I'm supposed to be uh, having a vacation from the podcast, but I couldn't stay away because just too much crazy shit went down. And Amanda, your or, or uh, Andy, you're gonna be you're part of it because some of it has to do with with Brian retiring and. And just what's happened this week. So, yes. Happy Saturday, everybody. I'm stoked. We made it through another week. And yes, this is an E.T. doll. And this is the uh, little uh, gift that my friend Alex from the AIM store in Laguna Niguel gave me not too long ago. So if you want good service, go check out the AIM store in Laguna Niguel. I'll be giving out lots of free commercials here but anyways yes happy saturday this is a bonus edition of what does it all mean podcast i am your guest james lewis some call me jimmy some call me the white ghost some don't call me at all but anyways let's get into this Feels my soul. I'll be home. I'll be home. All right. So I think uh, about four years ago, let's get into some news over here. Let's get into some some news of this week. I think about four years ago. Tom Petty passed away and we lost you know the legend friggin legend and uh, I never I never uh, saw him live and I've seen so many people live you know uh, I think coming from the 90s uh, most of the music that I listened to was very alternative you know very like Lollapalooza oriented and very kind of jazz and and yes, classic rock. And uh, I loved the Traveling Wilburys. I loved, always loved Tom Petty. And I always thought that, you know, he'd always be around, kind of like Bob Dylan. Like, Bob Dylan's not going anywhere. And I always thought Tom Petty would be around. And so, okay, I'll get into a little story. When uh, I started learning to play the guitar, I had no idea what I was doing. I just learned a whole bunch of chords and and this older man tried to force me to learn quickly and it just didn't make any sense to me and 
then I, I sought out another guitar smith, a, a real um, great guitar player that was just like divinely given to me. My friend Damien was like, man, I know this guy that's giving lessons out of his house in Irvine. And I was like, what? And he's like, he's really good. And I was like, all right. So I, I went over to Irvine, the place where I had come from. Uh, you know, I, I grew up there once I left Anaheim. And uh, I started taking lessons in, in this, this guy's room. And he was like 10 years younger than me. And just like, just, and just so good at all instruments. And uh, my first lesson, he, you know, he asked me, he said, you know, what kind of music do you like? What songs do you want to learn? And, uh, and I told him, and he's like, your first lesson or your homework is to go home and watch this documentary called Running Down a Dream. And it was a four and a half hour long documentary about Tom Petty. And he told me that, he was like, it's four and a half hour, four and a half hours long. And, and I was like, there's no way I can watch a five hour documentary. And, you know, I went home and I put it off for like maybe a day or two and then I threw it on and that four and a half hours went by so quickly that I was like, man, like I want more, you know? And uh, it was weird because it kind of gave me the blueprints to, to how to kind of pave your own path in, in music. And I think that's what Tom Petty did. He, uh, he definitely did his own thing. And I respect that. And, uh, you know, the guy was just iconic. He knew how to, uh, you know, he knew how to make something stick with you, you know? And, uh, and he just seemed cool as fuck as well, you know? Uh, and he says, I never got to see Tom Petty either. It's one of my biggest regrets. Definitely, me too. I totally thought that we would see him. I totally, okay, so, so, so as I got these lessons, I started to like compare, I, I, I wanted to compare myself to Tom Petty. I'm like, you know, he's so great at making these really great quick songs with these punchlines and straight to the chorus and they just hit you with a ton of bricks and, and I use that as a blueprint to write my songs. And so, for the people that don't know, uh, Miss Von Six right here is uh, singing in one of the bands that I play with her in the heartbeat. And I honestly thought that, you know, we would be opening for Tom Petty one day, you know? And the chorus is the most important part, right? That was kind of like the lesson that I learned from, from uh, four and a half hours of watching that documentary is the, is the chorus you don't know how it feels is is that is the juice that is what hits you in the face you know and and when you sing with us with her in the heartbeat that's it you come in with those choruses and just it, it, it's strange how it works but like when one person's singing it feels okay but when you feel two people or three people or four people singing, then it gets more powerful and more powerful and more powerful. And and he he knew that. And it's one of my biggest regrets too is, but that was the thing, I was working for it. Like, as I get older, what's going on, Michelle? What's going on? Happy, happy Sunday for you. 
But uh, as as I got more into music, you know, I I didn't really care about trying to make it per se or try to get some kind of record contract because like that that all that shit's in the eighties and the nineties. It's 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 a thing in the past, you know. Like now, to me, making it in music is is how do you impress the people that you're impressed by you know that's how I do it like that's that's how I feel better about myself like I wanted to impress Tom Petty I wanted to impress Peter DiStefano I wanted to impress Perry Farrell you know uh I wanted to impress the trash can Sinatras and that to me you know is more important than if you uh you know like get signed to a record contract because that that stuff all sounds like kind of scary so, well, Andy, that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be harmonizing. So, uh, that's what it's, like I said, that's why, like right now, right? Another And it doesn't. You hit those parts like right here, bam. And then I come in and we all sing together. And that's the power of music. Everybody's singing together at once. And, uh. To be me. He was just a genius, and it it's just bums me out that we. <laughs> you can see, that's it. Tom Petty knew. He just knew how to, to get those those hooks, and and the thing is, like, this is the thing about music too. Like, I think, like, you don't hear any bad things about Tom Petty. You know that he was a great guy, right? So, like that's it you want to hear songs from somebody that's great and i was going to leave this segment into later because i wanted it to be uh i didn't want to put these two together but you know uh you know you have bands like the growlers who they were this big band in orange county and uh you know for the longest time i looked up to them and i thought oh wow i, I really want to try to sound like the growlers but my own way and and you know they they Never, they didn't get close to Tom Petty's, you know, level, and they abused their power by sexually abusing women. And to me, like when you have heroes that are just up here, you know, when that happens, like the Ryan Adams, the Growlers, like th those were some of my favorite people. I recorded a, a solo album that I had a Ryan Adams song on, and it's probably one of my best work. You know, it's one of my best work. I don't release it because that guy's a creep as well and so uh it, it's like so my point is like tom petty you can hear the genuine you know just coolness coming out of him and genuine just him him being him and that seems like a really good person and then you have people like the growlers that are trying to throw away their you know throw their power around like they're some kind of uh many Hitlers. I always compare people to, you know, Hitler when they try to throw their power around, and especially when they just get a little bit of power. You know how much power Tom Petty had? It was just infinite. So, um, and he says, which is the narrative that's perpetuating in the music industry? Toxic predator behavior. Exactly. That's why I'm going to stay in the music industry for about 10 more years, because I'm going to be the grandfather Gandalf 
that makes sure that that shit doesn't happen. And, and that's why I think it's funny because I was competing with the Growlers for a long time. They were like my competition, even though they had no idea I was competing with them, you know, and now they've fallen off. And why? Because they're, like you said, they're predators. And I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. By the time hurting the heartbeat's done, believe me, I, there's going to be no stories like that, you know, and uh, that's because... I like people like Tom Petty. I like people, uh, you know, like Terry Hall from the specials. I like people that that are genuine. That you know, that's why I like music. Even if you have a shitty, shitty voice, but you're a good human being, I care what you have to say. But if it's the other way around, I want to have nothing to do with that. You know, definitely, Annie said, "You shall not abuse." young women at all just women in general women you know the one the one i'm not i don't like to make this about her in the heartbeat but from from day number one it was our motto was women helping women you know and uh that's real it's like a joke but we make it a joke because we want people to just keep it in their head and but it's real It, it instead of you know having women be catty and try to try to fight against one another uh, you know I've always wanted women to unite and kind of you know fight against the bullshit that happened this week at the retirement party you know and so now I'll set way into the retirement party so um, we were we were having this retirement party th- this uh, this week I, I work at a company that has a retirement plan and Andy was there and uh this is this is strange for me because uh, i don't know if i'll bring up the incident but but what's strange for me is brian crane the guy that that uh you know is retiring or retired i've worked with him for like 20 plus years okay and so in saying that it it's really weird that you get attached to the these co-workers that you're you're around and uh, about six months ago, he told me he was going to retire. And I said, you know, when? And he said, October. And I said, man, when October comes, like, you're already gone. Like, you're already gone. And uh, Brian, he, he's on my Instagram, Brian Crane Photography. He, he's he been a big inspiration. Like, no matter what, you know, he, he's been doing his career at the at, at his job. And it, it's hard. But he will always like go off and and do his photography and he'll always like make these cool calendars and go to these exotic spots like Luke said and and he does he makes these just incredible pictures and then he passes out the calendars to the people that he likes and and I've gotten calendars for like the last at least six or seven years so me and him are super close and he's just a great guy and 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 sometimes the work people you see more than your family and they do become your family just like I was telling you like like Andy you know you really are like my family and Luke is my family and saying that it's strange that he's he's gone you know uh it's strange that uh, he moved to Colorado it's strange that you know he's done his 31 years in prison and uh it's weird how fast life goes by because you're you're in your 30s, I'm in my 40s. So I literally have 
five, six years to go at that place. And then I can do my podcasting all the time. And I could I can play music all the time, kind of like Tim Karras. But it, it's also crazy because then you're in a whole different, you know, then I'll be close to 50. And so at that point, you're just in a whole different age. Like already now, since the pandemic, I don't care as much as, as playing live music. I, I've been depressed lately. I haven't been playing my guitar. Uh, my friend Robert Kavanaugh passed, passed away. Uh, that supervisor, Robert, also passed away. All these things have subtly been hitting me. And the pandemic is just so fucking gnarly, no matter what. Because people are dying all around you. And you're just trying to dodge death wherever you go. And people are asking, you're going to play music. And I'm just like, dude, I just don't want to die. And and you and I are in this essential, you know, and, and so is Melissa in this essential, you know, work position where we have to be out in the public and we have to be forced to be around uh, COVID all the time. So it becomes hard to uh, remain sane. And so, yeah, the world is getting crazy. And, and yes, Mac, Matt Patchkey, it, 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 the older we get, we just see all of our friends just passing away around us. And it's just, we don't realize how fucking like just quick life goes by. There was another supervisor. I, I, I can't even remember his name right now, but I remember his car and, and he just was going home one day and, and got like killed. I think his name was Brian or something. And he just got killed. And like, we're all like these little, it's cheesy, but we really are like these little candles in the wind you know we are and a, a, a quick blow can blow us out real quick and it's scary to think about that you know so I don't want to make this all about work but it my point is like I make these strong connections with like you with with Brian Crane and uh I think like the real reason I want to play music is because it it you know it gets us to go to Colorado where he's at. So now that I know when I retire, or even even not when I retire, when we start to play again, uh, I will try to get close to Brian. And I try to get to all, to where my friends are at, to Mesa, Arizona, to you know all these different places, and to, to San Diego. And, and it's fun because you, you meet new people that way. And as I get older, I'll be honest, Andy, that, that I don't like going to concerts anymore because I'm getting old. You know, the last concert I truly enjoyed was Bikini Kill. And everything else, I've seen it, I've done it. Brian Crane said that too. He's like, you've been there, you've done that, ironically. And for me, the only way that I can continue going to concerts is by playing them and being up on stage and having it from that perspective. Any other way, I don't want to really go to a concert unless it's something like Bikini Kill or, you know, something just crazy that that you know hasn't been done before so uh anyways she said uh annie says i don't love going to concerts anymore either because i'm tired yeah that's it when you work 50 hours so chris that that uh preloader on p4 he's like a mini me like he was he's like really tall he's like me like when i was 21 he he hit me up he goes hey bro do you want to go to lake elsinore this weekend he's like 20 three or 24 do you want to go skate in in lake elsinore this weekend and i'm like yeah 23 or 24 year old me would fucking love to do that even 31 year old 34 but but now my legs 
actually hurt, like for real, where I have to sit at home and, and do this podcast and hang out with my cats and let my legs kind of relax before we go back into peak, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know how to tell them that, but it's all part of aging because, you know, ironically, there's different levels of people that, that listen to this podcast. And sometimes I, I think, man, like now that I'm closing in on, you know, not middle age, but getting closer to middle age, I, I wish that someone like me had a fucking podcast when I was Chris's age. And I could understand why the fuck I don't want to go to Lake Elsinore and skate with them, even though I completely do. Like I do a million times, but my legs can't freaking do it. So, you know, that that's why I started playing music because, you know, even during mid-peak, I've made it to the whiskey to play and fucking, you know, the, the greatest times were with Robert Kavanaugh where it was when we go to Mesa, Arizona and all of us would just muster up all the money we'd have for the year and we'd jump into this fucking minivan and we'd go drive six hours to Mesa, Arizona during November and, and you know, there, there weren't tons of people there but it was so much fun and it was during peak and it was like three, four years in a row and we would go there on a Friday night We'd play like Saturday. No, we'd play a Friday night. We played Saturday night. We'd hop back Sunday. We'd be back to work on Monday. And it was such a whirlwind that you just fuck. Like it made it all worth it. It made peak worth it. So, you know, yes, def definitely rest in peace. And that's why I haven't brought my guitar to work. That's why I haven't been singing or, or doing anything because I've been goddamn depressed. Somebody asked me to do a live stream uh, of, of me playing some music on for her and I just didn't want to do it just because my heart's not in it but in 2022 we'll all get together and definitely start getting a room together and and make uh, make the next album that's that's been ready for a year and a half so uh, Michelle says dude you're still young but I must admit being 56 sucks too, too old to hang out too young to stop wanting to have fun people look at you weird you know, people look at you weird at any age, any fucking age. I'm so awkward even now. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, I went to an open house today because I'm looking for a new place to live because this place is getting old. And, and oh my God, yes, I'm 44, almost 45, right? But I'm almost like an overgrown kid. So I walk into this, this friggin' this open house i've got my sunglasses on they're prescription because my eyes are gone i can't see so they're dark in tint i'm in this house i forget that that's happening uh at that point i've got the mask on it's fogging up my fucking glasses then the guy looks at me and i start to walk around and he goes hey you need to put these booties on on my feet like on my feet i've got size 14 feet they're they're just huge so they give me these these booties and he's trying to make me put these booties on and i'm standing and i'm trying to do some bruce lee shit and finally i just fall to the ground and i'm like i look at him like i'm a five-year-old and i'm like i'm sorry like i have really big feet i don't know what to do <laughs> and then i just stuck them on and i got up and and he looked at me like not like i was weird but like like we're all weird put the fucking booties on and keep going. So, you know, um, yeah, 
it, we're all awkward and I think at any age you know like some of the coolest people to me have been way older you know uh, my first guitar player I was talking about him teacher uh, I was talking about him earlier even though he led me astray and and and, and made me do some crazy shit like and taught me some wrong things he was like 56 when I met him and he forced me to go to Laguna Beach and play these concerts and play these shows and be out in public and play these art walks when I wasn't ready at all and him doing that it was like he's older me and I totally see that and you know it was just fun we were having fun and I think if you're having fun at no matter what age you are, it doesn't matter. And people that play music or people that, that do art or people that like enjoy whatever the hell they're doing, dress up as Star Wars, you know, characters, whatever their deal is, it's, it's, they got to own it. You know, as long as you own it, who gives a shit what age you are? But, uh, you know, for me, it's just working so hard all the time. My, my body physically aches and that's what I don't like my 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 body physically aching because me and Andy we we do like 12 to 18 miles a day of walking every day or so so I should say running and we we run 18 12 to 18 miles every day sometimes six days a week and they do it seven if they could and I'm not complaining but uh, you know that's where we make these these choices of like okay well we have to live and eat and do these things yes i would love to quit my job and 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 go on tour forever but we don't have money until we retire so uh, the whole my whole point is slavery can be uh it, it's tough it's tough michelle says you're right am essentially weird anyways but i have lived an interesting life so far exactly like weird is better i i created this freaking podcast to find the fucking weirdos because i'm a fucking weirdo and i know that and i know there's tons of weirdos like me out there like one of them jello biafra you know jello biafra one of the coolest motherfuckers on the planet right He's, he's the biggest punk rocker on the planet to me. I'm sorry. He's cooler than Henry Rollins. He's cooler than fucking Glenn Danzig. And, and to me, I, I don't like to, you know, people don't know this, but he's a homosexual. And to me, that is fucking awesome. Okay? He, the most just guy that, that, that he's the most punk rock guy in the world is, is, is gay. That is fucking inspiring as shit. And I, I have the the I had the honor to meet him in a uh, in a Costa Mesa Mothers probably ten years ago and uh, he was he was in the restaurant. Uh, I I've probably told the story before, I don't like to, to, to continue telling things, but he was he, he was in the Costa Costa Mesa Mothers eating and I went to the, to where the desserts were, and I looked at the desserts, and I looked at him, he looked at me, I looked at him, he looked at me, and I ran away, and I came back and did that three more times. Then Jello got up, ran to the bathroom, and the girl I was with, like, said, dude, Jello's, he wants to talk to you, and I was like, no, he doesn't. Then Jello came out of the bathroom, he went to look at the ice cream, waiting for me. Finally, I walked up to him, and I said, 
Mr. Biafra, and he came alive. He was like, hmm, depends who might you be? And I'm like fucking thinking I'm like Sir, Sir Lancelot, and I'm like, I'm James from Irvine. Mm, that's what I said, I'm James from Irvine. And he's like, well, James from Irvine, I'm playing a show tonight with DOA at the Detroit Club. Come on down. I'll put you on the guest list. And it was my mom's birthday, so I couldn't go. And I know I've told that story before. And I had to tell it fast because that's how Jello would tell it. But my point is, people with the most open minds, you know, are the coolest. You know, when you don't judge people and when you're just open with whoever the hell you are, that's where it's at. I started a, I can say this now, I started a, a tagging crew with my friend, I won't say his name, but he watches the show a lot, and it was called DK, and it was uh, Disorganized Chaos, but it really stood for Dead Kennedys. And it was kind of around that time where, where Jello was running for mayor, and we were trying to keep the, the, uh, the whole thing alive. So, a queer icon, <laughs> yeah, dude, he's fucking amazing. So yes, I had a, I had a, I had a, a tagging crew called disorganized chaos dk and and we all i had a crew and they came after us and it was awesome jello's amazing man so okay with from amazing to let's get into assholes so as you guys see this this fundraising for sandy hook promise now i'm gonna get into why i have that up tonight and um you know you have amazing men like jello biafra that that uh you know tell you how the world is and then you have like shit stains like, uh, you have shit stains like this Alex Jones, who is just like the, the testosterone wannabe, I, I can't even put it into words. He's just like testosterone out of control. And, uh, he, he, this week he got rolled for the whole Sandy Hook conspiracy. This, this fat piece of shit and and I say this because I know that I'll lose followers when I say this on my podcast I don't care like I I don't want the people that listen to Alex Jones to listen to my podcast because they're the people that that did the same shit at you know the Brian Crane thing pick up the pick up the pick up the trash ladies I that kind of stuff is not welcome here you know and that's really where it's at so the, the fact, you know, so the whole fact is Alex Jones, 2012 Sandy Hook happened. I think a 20 year old busted into the school, killed, I think six to 15 kids and teachers, like maybe 20. This happened. I remember seeing it and it was, it was crazy because I think at that time, uh, I was very close with a, a girl that was in uh, school, you know, at around that same age and it started to worry me. And I thought, man, I don't want this, this particular kid in school anymore. It freaked me out. And Sandy Hook, you know, of course there was Columbine, but Sandy Hook was another one. And they started happening all the time. And this Alex Jones from Infowars just comes out and says that it's a hoax, you know, and, and he's just this big buffoon that just comes out screaming and yelling and, he sounds like a fucking used car salesman and he's all for Trump and just fucking how stupid can you be? So he got rolled 
because it obviously wasn't a conspiracy and there was a class action lawsuit against this guy and he completely lost on every every fucking you know end so he's gonna have to pay damages to the to the parents of the kids that got killed for all that so fuck that guy and if you're for Alex Jones or Trump, just unfollow because we'll never get along. <laughs> like, it's just not gonna, it won't happen, you know? Like, it, it used to be different when we could all kind of just be like, oh yeah, this person is a Nazi, we'll look past it. That's not the thing anymore, it's, we're over that. Things have changed. So, I'm the anti-Alex Jones, I'm the anti, anti-MAGA movement. And that's another reason I kind of started the podcast too, is to... to to find people that were like-minded that wanted to kind of just stomp out Nazis, stomp out the people that are really trying to mix up the whole matrix woke movement. And I explained that before how, you know, 20 years ago we had the matrix, right? The new matrix is coming out 20 years ago. Yes. We had the blue and the red pill. And, and yes, you could take that. And yes, you can go down that rabbit hole and figure out that the government's a piece of shit. Yes. And you can, you can conspire and you can kook out and you can go crazy with all that. But at the end of the day, you know what you learn? This is what you learn. We're the people that elected all those people. You know, we're the people that put all of those people that are doing that sick Jeffrey Epstein shit. We empowered them. We gave them that power by our vote. And, you know, the only way that we can continue to, to maintain any, you know, sake of dignity is to fucking continue making sure that these, these bigots, these, 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 you know, Trump fucks, these, these Alex, you know, Joneses just keep their heads down in a fucking hole because they're not welcome. And, you know, I think during the Obama administration, people did that, you know, we, you could see, you could see Muslims, you could see just every different kind of person in the world was all like, it was like one big lala fucking palooza, you know, I, I went to the first lala palooza, okay, and, and I'm going to touch on, uh, some of the things that are happening in season three. I'm gonna do a whole breakdown. Porno for Pyros, Lollapalooza, Jane's Addiction, three episodes. But when I was 15, I went to Lollapalooza. When I went there, I was so young, and all of a sudden I saw, I might even been 14, I, I saw piercings for the first time. I saw people with tattoos for the first time. I saw people with mohawks. I saw people with like all kinds of crazy shit that I'd never seen before. And that's what the world should be. It should be one big fucking Lollapalooza, one big EDM party. And the more we judge people, the less the world's gonna be fun. Because when I was 15, that shit was super fun. So fuck the Alex Joneses, fuck, fuck these people that are trying to, to, to divide us. The division is not fun. The, 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 the Lollapalooza generation is where it's at and once we get the rings of the world once those dinosaurs really fucking die out it's gonna be fun because i feel that i really do feel that there's more of us than there are of them and when we finally get to just get hold of the reins it'll be okay you know so 
that's my that's my commentary on uh, social media and Jello Biafra and the Alex Joneses. You know, it, like you said, you got a punk rock icon up here that's just telling you the truth. But you know, still inspired today. If you guys don't know, Jello's got a uh, another free commercial. I'll give out some free commercials. He's got a, a podcast or a just a show called What Would Jello Do? And it's on YouTube and everything. And it's just I watch it a lot because he's just fucking amazing. So, anyways, yeah, I was I think 14 or 15 when I went to the first Lollapalooza. I'm gonna for season three. Like I said, this is a bonus episode. Uh, I'm really gonna break down what made me pursue the things that I do now in my life, like play music and write music and I, I was covering it before try to try to compete with the people that I grew up uh, grew up watching you know and uh, the funny thing is when you realize that the people up on stage that you're watching are usually about two generations past you or a generation past you you know per se 10 to 17 years it, it trips you out you know like I realized that, that Johnette Napanatala from Concrete Blonde is like two years younger than my mom, okay? So I'd seen her so many times. I'm looking at someone that's like my mom's age up there. And when you realize that, it's a trip. Like, of course there's the young, you know, right out the gate people that just are natural talents at 19. And But there's also, you know, uh, the Hans Grubers that, you know, don't start acting till they're 41 years old and become legends. So, how do I donate this? I am not sure, but thank you for actually asking. You might just hit in there and do it, but I really appreciate that. Yes, hopefully this will go to the, the Sandy Hook promise. And uh, I feel completely horrible for the loss of the parents of those those kids because like I said uh, having having been able to raise a 14 15 year old you know girl around that time I felt honored and it scared the shit out of me every day I had to send her to school and that's one of the reasons that I choose not to have children now because I'd have to homeschool them and there's nothing wrong with homeschooling but uh you know, I, I think a big part of school also is throwing kids in a public or, you know, an institution where they can learn to talk to others. And I think that's more important than the actual learning books and, and, and you know, history and math. I think, uh, you know, to me, what was more important was the things that I was getting in trouble for in school. You know, uh, when Miss Carnick, my first grade teacher, would yell at me for, yell, you know, talking to the kid next to me. No. That's, that's not it at all. If I can look at the kid next to me and, and uh, you know, he's from Zimbabwe and I'm from fucking Anaheim and, and I'm like, bro, man, you know, like, have you seen, you know, the, the seashells out in the, in the caves and, and we get along that that's more important than, uh, you know, the arithmetic. Uh, so, and this is true. I, 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 I. I tested really high in mathematics, uh, 
when I was in the first grade, I was in eighth grade math. And since I talked so much, they, they held me back. They, they held me back. I think that's great. I don't understand what you want to say. Oh, I'm just rambling. Don't mind me. Thank you, Julia. Wanted to send my girl to a Montessori school, but couldn't afford it. See, that, that girl actually went to a Montessori school as well. She did, and I felt, uh, you know, I felt uh, a little bit safer. I don't know why. Those schools seem a little bit safer, but it seems like a lot of public schools are more out of control. I think because those, those schools are a little bit, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, heck yeah. I love Indians. That's just random. Indians are awesome. So yeah, just the fact that we have to worry about school shootings here in America and even in, in Australia, all these, you know, the fact when I was younger, we didn't have to worry about that. We didn't, we didn't have to worry about sending kids off to school to die just to learn to, to socialize. And to me, that's really sad. You know, uh, I don't know where we're going wrong. You know, I feel that, uh, feel it's tragic, you know? You're more into discovering yourself. I think that, uh, thank you. Thank you, memes, Kaganan. But, um, yes. I think the world, you know, we always focus on the negative, like I say, like the Sandy Hook and, and all this stuff, but that, you know, but there's also positive things, you know, um, I'm going to switch it up quickly. I'm going to switch it up quickly because, uh, this, 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 uh, this theory that I had, we, we are as one. I agree. I definitely agree. And to me, just these kids wanting to get an education and learn learn to socialize and having to worry you know the fact that they have these drills that they're like hey um when the gunman comes to the door you gotta be quiet and go hide in the back that completely blows my mind we didn't have to worry about that shit i'm from southern california it was uh i i bam right when he asked that where are you from I'm from Southern California where we have a lot of earthquakes, okay? We have tons of earthquakes. And um, I, all we had to learn about when I was in the fourth and fifth grade was to get underneath the desk when the earthquake happened. And yes, I've been through tons of earthquakes. And, you know, I, I was in a six point uh, 6.3 and uh, that shook the, the the ground to the to the point where I could see uh, the floor on the ceiling I was eight uh, I actually was live streaming me playing the drums about two years ago or three years ago I was playing the drums and and I had a toy that's that's up on my ceiling and the toy started to swing 
and uh, and it was an earthquake, and I captured it on the live stream, but I didn't have to worry when I was in school about someone busting in and shooting everybody, and uh, it's insane. It's completely insane. What's up, Antoinette? What is my occupation? That is a tricky conversation, my friend. Um, by day, uh, I deliver packages and those trucks. I'm, I'm a delivery, I'm a package delivery guy. And by nighttime, when COVID is not around, uh, I travel around with my band and we play music from town to town from state to state, and we were gonna go to country to country, we were gonna go to London, we were gonna visit Julia, and we were gonna try to go visit Michelle, and, uh, but, but COVID has kind of brought a damper on that. Um, and so Andy, if you're still here, Andy Von Six, you gotta remember that. <laughs> we're literally, the, the next thing that hurt and the heartbeat, which is my band, we were gonna do was, was go to, uh, to London. And uh, that was the thing that I was just pumped about more than anything. That's that's what I I was ready to go in a credit card debt to to go to London, you know. So I think sometimes that's uh that's more important than uh staying at home. I'd rather I'd rather go into debt and and see my friends and try to live life than be stuck at home. And ironically, I'm, I'm from, you know, I, I did that DNA test and I'm from that area. I'm from like, I've said it before, I'm from like England and somewhere, like I haven't broken down to where I'm from. You know, so I, I think it's interesting that I'm in Southern California and the origins that they trace back is, is from like that London area. And now I'm trying to get back there, you know. How much am I earning doing this? Uh, the delivery, um, it's, it's a fair day's pay. Um, the music, not a fair day's pay. So... Now I'm gonna get really far out because we're going to the end of this. Uh, I heard this concept this week. You know, I'm a big fan of, you know, that show, Ancient Aliens with, with Giorgio Circulos and and uh, David Childress and all those, those people. Uh, uh, you know, what does it all mean, right? Can you sing a song for me? Oh, man. Um, want me to sing a song do you really want me to sing a song okay remind me remind me about um the david childress stuff okay <laughs> and the and the dna what should i play what should i play i don't usually do this but since you asked i will uh i wish i had a pick around here but right off the back I don't. So.
Okay. And so, Andy, if you're still here, when you get, you'll hear the chorus. I say a whole bunch of shenanigans. I actually start with it. So. Lisa's mine. Miss her all the time. Lisa's mine. Makes me wanna try. like when you think about it what was I saying the whole time like you know like uh like it's just uh, what did I say I'm like I don't want to play like I don't like I started this podcast off saying I don't want to play music I'm depressed uh you know and then that we talked it through and uh this this nice person memes okay gone and asked me to sing a song and and like I said I haven't played a song in two weeks because I've just been depressed about my friend and uh, he passed away. He was my best friend. He was the roadie to the band. He was like, he was everything to the band. So sometimes I push it away and I forget about it. And I just play anyways to, to forget about the pain. But uh, other times you just got to sit there and eat it up and figure the fuck, what does it mean? Why am I feeling this pain? You know, and 
for a while, I really, especially in the beginning of this podcast, season number one, I, I was, I thought I was following him down to, my, to, to, to death. And so now I realize that that's not it. I'm, I'm trying to strive. I, I want to play with Andy Bond six. I want to play with Steve Rice. I want to play with, you know, everybody. I want to play with Rondi. I want to play with Richard. I want to play with everybody. So, um, thank you for requesting that. Uh, you know, like I said, that made me feel better. And, and now I'm going to force myself to, to try to play more. And, uh, you know, I, I think about this. I think about, you know, Norm Macdonald. I, I bring him up a lot. But look, he, he told so many jokes. But like, if I could just hear one more, if I could just hear one more Norm Macdonald joke, because nobody can tell it like Norm, you know, and nobody can sing like Jella Biafra. And nobody can sing like these people, David Bowie, like these these people. We, the, we, we think they're going to be here forever, like Tom Petty, right? Like, what do we say? Like, Tom Petty's going to be here forever. He's not. He's in the multiverse somewhere. And yes, we can access that feeling. But, uh, you know, I'd rather... I'd rather these people be here now. You know? So, you're so nice. Don't force me to play more. I love... Uh, Michelle says, I love your acoustic sessions. All right, I, I, will, I will jump on it. Because you got, like I said, you guys are music. I, I talked about this on my anxiety show. And if, um, if, uh, Pussy Slayer 2000 is listening, uh, I did a show on anxiety and, um, like playing music is a way to relieve my anxiety. Listening to music, playing music watching films, all these things, playing, you know, playing with my cat, all these things are a way to, to, um, to do that. And, uh, also, uh, this, this person, this pussy slayer 2000 asked me, uh, a great question. What, what music or band should I check out? And, you know, that's such a vast question for me thinking about that like when somebody asked that I couldn't just give them an answer I had to just fucking be like I don't know because there's so much in my head that it was hard for me so if anybody especially that person Pussy Slayer 1000 2000 if you want to see what I listen to go into the stories of this podcast and there's a um you know Apple podcast, uh, Apple, Apple podcast playlist that shows all the tracks of all the songs that I've done on both seasons. And I think season two has just been going off and I have probably like a hundred tracks on there because, you know, I, I like to have music while we talk, you know? And so you guys are extremely nice. And I, I can't wait to rack up my credit card debt and get to Australia, get to Europe, get to these places. Michelle says, my anxiety is through the roof. So used to being in lockdown, scary to get back out there. I know it's like PTSD. And for me too, it's completely, it's the same thing. You know, I visited my mom today and I had a mask on. It's just, it, I completely agree with you. It, even though, you know, things are getting back to normal, it's still we as humans just get programmed to do certain things and, and I'm just programmed to stay six 
feet away from people. I'm programmed to make sure they don't breathe on me. I don't want people breathing on me. I, someone sneezes, I fucking run. <laughs> That's crazy. I was never like that before. Before I was like, I wouldn't even wash my hands. I'll, I'll admit it. I, I, I have a dirty job and, and I, I would just fucking, we don't have time to always, you know, wash our hands and I would just eat anything thinking, oh, I build up a tolerancy. No, I personally got COVID, you know, I personally got COVID. So there wasn't really a theme to this. I was going to totally go into a whole shit about aliens and fucking how they pan sperm the planet. Remember I said I was going to go into the, the, the David Childress and the Giorgio Circulos. Maybe I, I'm glad I didn't. You guys got me um, more or less out of my funk a little bit, you know? I'll save that for some other stuff, another show. But um, season three is coming. Three, season three is coming of What Does It All Mean podcast. And uh, this is my favorite new band. This is Ask Carol. If you guys have uh, seen their videos, they're on uh, YouTube and Instagram and everything. They play the cows, they play outdoors. They're from, I think, Norway, they're fucking rad. Nice to meet you, my friend. I have some little work, so I go, but I really, nice to meet you, memes take on, and, and thanks for the inquiry of the Sandy Hook promise. I, I completely appreciate that. I appreciate everyone participating. And uh, we didn't raise that much tonight, but it all goes to a good sign. And once again, uh, in my first season, we had this whole thing where at the end of it, I would tell people, you know, fuck Don Bowles from the germs. Uh, I think the ending of the season will be fuck Alex Jones from InfoWars. So everybody... Everybody uh, listening, give a big figure to, to Alex Jones and unfollow me if you follow him and, and think that that guy's telling you any form of truth. And uh, thank you for saying I'm reaching the world. I'm trying. You know, we're, I, when I started this podcast, there was like seven people, you know, and then it turned into 200 people and then it turned into 2,000 people. And now we're going on 3,000. And every fucking person I like, I'm watching you, I'm listening to you, I'm understanding your fucking life. I'm part of you and it's awesome. I enjoy being part of everybody. We're all creating our own community. So check out Ask Carol, check out Julia's artwork, check out everything you can. Support positive things, be a better person, spread the love. And I'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Oh, and this person right here just jumped on there. A new new person I met. I've got to go because once the hour pops, it doesn't syndicate. Love you guys. What does it all mean? Season podcast three coming in. Not next week, but the week after. Love you guys. Hurt family. <laughs>